So you want to be a real estate investor, but where do you start? How do you know what information and sources to trust? That's where I come in. I'm Johnny Catani, and this is the Investor Relations Real Estate Podcast. Hey guys, real quick, before we start, go to investwithkatani.com and download my free ebook, Is Commercial Real Estate Recession Proof? Now to today's show. What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Investor Relations Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Katani, and I am joined today by Leslie Awasom. Leslie is Director of Operations and Co-Founder of Excite Capital Investment, LLC. He manages the company operations, market and data analysis, cash flow and budget analysis, Leslie bought his first investment property in 2017 and transitioned to multifamily investing in 2019. Leslie and the Excite Capital team host a rapidly growing multifamily-focused meetup in Maryland where they provide resources and add value to individuals interested in growing their wealth and changing their financial future. Leslie is a husband, father of two beautiful girls and a son, and loves to spend his spare time reading and flying drones. Leslie, welcome to the show. Hello, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. Great to have you. Very excited for the conversation. Uh, excited you're willing to to take a, a late Thursday night for us here. So uh, um, a lot to talk about, a lot of good stuff to cover. Uh, crazy world we're in right now. Crazy market. I know. Exciting times, right? <laughs> it's fun. You know what? It's uh, we're going to we're going to see who who's really serious about uh, about this industry and uh, who, who can pivot, I think, as uh, is what we're going to see over the next probably 18 months. I, I totally agree with you, Jonathan. I think um, uh, it's in challenging times like this that um, that strong companies are made. Um, I do believe that um, going through um, challenges like this makes you better and um, it improves the process and just gets you um, ready for the, the, the moments when it's not as challenging as it is right now. So as difficult as it is, we're we excited for the challenge and um, look forward to taking it on. Absolutely. Likewise. I love, I love that energy. Um, but let's kind of rewind. Let's go back to the beginning here. Uh, you know, we kind of alluded to it here. You bought your first investment property in 2017. Take us back a little before that, what you were doing and what uh, caught your attention about uh, real estate. Oh, absolutely. So um, like most people, Jonathan, I was sold the, the American dream of, uh, of going to college, getting a great job and then um, saving money and retiring. You know, I'm an immigrant, so when I moved over to the U.S. land of opportunity, I came in with a lot of zeal and enthusiasm and um, went on and started um, working and chasing that American dream. You know, so I um, got to the point where I had a career. Um, I got done with, uh, with, with college in 2008, actually, as luck would have it. And, uh, <laughs> and I was hired as, as a nurse at, um, at Johns Hopkins Hospital. And um, a few months after starting, the, 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 the crash of 2008 happened. And I remember um, I was, uh, I observed like one of the nurses, one of the most experienced nurses in my unit. She lost a significant amount of her retirement during that 2008 bubble crash. And just the look on her face gave me like really nightmares. I kept, then at that moment, I kept, kept asking myself, you know, I'm gonna be like her, I get this job, work all hard, you know, and then um, get to the point and something like this can happen and wipe me out completely. Like this, this is criminal. Something, this, this something is not right, you know. So um, that frustration, 
is is, is kind of the similar stories that um, my partners um, had to as well. It's like when what it doesn't matter at some point in life in your professional career, you're going to be forced to make some um, some changing decisions. So 2008, um, fast forward a few years later, during that time, I'm still questioning, still trying to figure out what to do. And the traditional path always is um, go get another degree, get more schooling, and which I did, got my graduate degree in anesthesia, got another great job, that high paying job. But and then I got to that point where I could not imagine myself being stuck where I am, because sometimes in the professional world, there's a ceiling to your growth. Um, I'm a growth-minded person. I'm somebody who always seeks to grow. And I felt like I was stuck. There's not so much growth that I could get from my career. So I started asking myself, asking questions like, well, what else can I do? And um, fortunately enough, I came across a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Second Chance at Your Money and Your Life. That book, when I read that book, it completely changed my life because it explained to me some of the questions that I had about the 2008 crash. It really explained to me what, how the American financial system was. And it gave some suggestions, some guidance on how um, you could get out of that um, rat race or how you could uh, move forward and move yourself forward. So I just followed um, whatever it was um, that he recommended in that book, which was like, um, get out, read more books on personal development, go out to networking events, you know, find people that you know you could learn from and grow from and associate yourself with them. And that's what I did with my partners, you know, actually sought them out, you know, tried to build relationships with them and then um, bought the first um, investment property in 2017, um, single family BRR model. Then um, that worked out really great. And um, that's after that property, that's when I met my, uh, my partners. And um, we decided to um, come together, focusing on multifamily real estate because it provided an opportunity for us to take an asset class that is not very known in the community that we work in, in the community that we're from, and um, to take that, that opportunity and go preach this gospel of multifamily investing to members of our community and get more people involved in it. So, and um, 2019, we founded Excite Capital Investments, and it's been an amazing journey ever since, and I look forward to keep grinding on this journey. Awesome. I love it. What a great story. And uh, so often, um, you know, so many careers can be traced back to uh, some Robert uh, Kiyosaki <laughs> book, usually Rich Dad, Poor Dad. But um, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of the uh, the godfather, if you will, um, for, for a lot of us, I think for our generation, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so that's really cool. I yeah, love that, that. that guy has influenced so many lives. Uh, it's, it's really amazing. Um, I, I think it's the way he teaches the concept that he teaches. It really lights, uh, it really lights up the the light bulb in your head. Um, so, yeah. So I'm really grateful that I came across that one of his books. Yeah, it's kind of a parable style, you know. So you kind of like you know associate with the characters, and uh, but of course you're learning along the way. Yeah. Um, so awesome! I love that so much. So. Uh, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of spreading the gospel in the community of multifamily. I love that. Uh, did you invest in in uh, Maryland area as your first investment? Yes. Um, oh, the okay. first uh, rental property was here in Maryland. So when I started, used to go out, go out to a lot of um, 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 networking events, a lot of meetups, uh, join a local um, RIA, like real estate association, you know, and started taking classes in um, 
real estate investing. So then finally got the courage to go out and take down a property. And um, and during that whole experience, I actually took like two weeks off of work to um, work on that property, to project manage that property. And it was like one of the best two weeks of my life. You know, so and just imagining that um, there's a possibility of me doing this every day, you know, work that doesn't feel like work, you know, uh, work that you actually enjoy doing and you see yourself being creative and creating something and making it look nice and then seeing somebody moving in and appreciating it, you know, so that whole process was just like a, a great experience for me and I, I'm glad that um, I'm at least right now I'm on that journey where I'm able to, 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 to do this more often and do it um, more like my, my daily habit instead of um, um, being in the hospital all day. Yeah, I don't blame you. And you got out just in time too, because uh, as soon as COVID hit, man, that would have been shout no, out to all of our nurses and everyone. Did you go back? No, I'm not out yet. Oh, okay. I, I'm, still, yeah, I'm still working, but less and less. I'm still oh, going okay. out. So I was there during COVID. Um, I got to experience it. Um, very, very challenging time. Um, but it was a good learning experience for me as well. But the 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 great thing about the real estate is like the um the growth, the personal growth that I I gain along the way, right? The mindset growth that I gain along the way. So when this whole COVID thing came the scary, all the craziness that was going on, I wasn't as much as affected like the rest of that. I was more of an observatory role, really to observe, to see how the world is going crazy, how people are going crazy in the hospital and um, and able to be some sort of support to some of my colleagues as well. So I, I'm so grateful for my real estate journey, for the, um, for the other benefits that is given me in life and going through that COVID experience was well, one way that actually revealed it to me. Awesome. I love that. Uh, what a great attitude. And uh, well, I appreciate then um, you grinding through all of that uh, for all of us. I know that uh, I have a lot of nurse friends and, and friends in the medical field, and I know it's a very challenging time. I mean, it was challenging for us who weren't having to deal with that. So you can only imagine being on the front lines, but um, let's kind of get into Excite. So you guys, um, you did your first multifamily investing in 2019. Is that when Excite was founded? No, was yeah, in investment? Excite was founded January 2nd of 2019. Um, we invested as limited partners uh, in November of 2019. Then our first um, um, property as a general partner was in um, July of 2020. But during that period, we kept grinding, kept working, kept pushing forward, kept um, um, doing whatever needs to get done um, nice. to the company forward. I love that. And what, uh, where was your, where was your first investment? It was here in Washington, D.C. It's a 49 unit class A property off of Georgia Avenue. Oh, um, wow. So, yeah. Straight to the top. Washington, yeah. D.C. class <laughs> A. Okay. So um, let's talk about that. That is a very unique market for sure. I don't know. I think I've only ever talked to one person who's in that market. So talk about what, what that market's like and, you know, kind of the process for, for Class A there. So Washington, D.C. is a great market. If you look at uh, every single report, Washington, D.C. always features there at the top somewhere. It has been a, one of the most resilient markets throughout every cycle. Even in 2008, um, you barely see, see, saw any fluctuations in the Washington, D.C. market. Um, but um, it, it got a little bit affected by COVID and we bought this property right in the middle, right in the beginning of the pandemic. 
So uh, it was an interesting time where people were moving away from the city to the suburbs. So initially we struggled a little bit with the occupancy and um, Washington DC is one of those states that has very, very um, um, uh, tenant friendly laws. We had a couple of tenants that were just sitting in there and would not move out. So we had to um, deal with that as well. So, but it's, it's a market that's growing for sure. Um, a lot of jobs coming over there. Of course, the federal government is there as well. Amazon came across the corner as well. So there's a lot of um, development in the area. And um, this property came along and um, we thought it was a great opportunity because we know the area, we're familiar with that area. We know the growth that's coming to the, to the, to the area. So we were excited to be part of it. And, um, and like I mentioned, uh, pushed through some of the challenges in the beginning, but now the property is doing really well. Awesome. I love that. And did you raise outside capital or did you guys uh, run it all yourself? No, we raised outside capital. Our, our model really is building a community of, of um, investors because um, uh, when we discover multifamily investing, we realize that a lot of members of our community, that's a community of underrepresented minorities, a community of healthcare professionals, never even knew that this asset class existed. So um, our, our goal, our vision is to expose as many people to this asset class, to educate as many people to this asset class and to provide opportunities for uh, members of this community to, to invest as well. So um, we will, all of our deals, we reach out to as many people as possible um, to, um, to join us on that journey so that they could um, grow, grow their wealth as well. Awesome. I love that. That's so cool. And so you mentioned offline now that you guys primarily focus uh, Southeast. Uh, so what, what, why the pivot from the Washington DC market in, into that one? No, uh, Washington DC, it's a, it's a very, very competitive market. Um, and um, it's growing. If we see, we, we look, if we see a deal in the Washington DC market, we're going to take it down. We also have um, other pockets here in the area and the um, DMV area and the Baltimore area that we look for deals at. And um, again, specific areas that we know are growing um, because we're familiar with the area that we take deals down on. So our investment decisions are database, right? Uh, we look at the data, we look at um, the population that's growing in that area, we look at the job stability, we look at the income growth. So we look at all these factors when we select markets. And when we looked at those factors, um, this Sunbelt markets in the South is by far are like dominating in numbers for what for, for some of these data points that we looked at. Um, we love the South so much that one of our partners, Tenny, sold his house here in Maryland and moved his entire family to North Carolina. Oh, so wow. that he, yeah, so he could be boots on the ground and be able to use a director of acquisitions and be able to interface with these brokers and find these deals. So um, again, it's just based on the data, based on the numbers, we see a lot of growth um, coming to this market. And um, there's a lot of, there's still projected growth over the next 10 to 20 years in this market. So um, buying a deal in an area like that and managing the property well, um, doing great management and taking advantage of the, of the market growth itself uh, exposes your, your investors to a significant amount of returns. So that's why we love this market. Awesome. Yeah, makes perfect sense. And yeah, a lot of like you mentioned, uh, very data driven. I mean, obviously, you know, we have access to a ton of data. So it's nice to be able to go in and, and really have that to back up, you know, the thesis. But like you mentioned, the, the data for that area is, is incredible. And uh, I'm even started looking at some self storage in that area, because again, same, same thing, a lot of great data. So did you 
do you guys stick to class A as well there? Or, uh, you know, what, what kind of strategy do you have in those markets? So we have um, a class C, we have one class C deal in um, Columbia, South Carolina, but we're more focusing our efforts now on class B and class A properties uh, moving forward. Um, but we will look at class C's in, in some markets and if it makes sense, if it's in a good area, we'll take it down as well. Awesome. I love that. So, uh, you know, not often do people go straight to, to class A and even class B. So I love that you guys went went straight for that. What's uh, kind of the theory behind that? Um, you know, the, the B and A. So it's all the heavy value add, I guess. So it comes down to the numbers, right? Um, and it comes down to the numbers. So we make that, that's how, that's what we use to make our decisions. We're not going to go for a value add deal just because it's value add that is producing um, lower returns. If we see an opportunity for a class A deal that is underpriced in a market that we know that's growing. Um, that we know um, it has less risk and it's still able to pro provide like class C type returns to our investors. We're not going to turn it down because it's class A, you know. So, um, so that's that's the philosophy we go behind it, and that that's exactly what that Washington D.C. deal was, um, because we're familiar with the area. We knew during that period there was a lot of fear in the market, you know, and those are when you see some of the the greatest opportunities. So um, that's how we were able to get that property at a very good um, going in value. Um, so uh, we're excited that we're able to bring some of our investors on it as well. Awesome. I, I love that. Uh, what are some of the reasons that Class B and even Class A are underpriced currently? Um, right now, it's tough to find a Class B or Class A deal that is underpriced yeah, or, to find, or to find any deal that is underpriced for that matter. Uh, but not saying that it doesn't exist. Every situation is unique, especially right now with... Um, a lot of deals getting retraded, at least that's what we're hearing from the brokers with the debt situation. Um, you might find an owner that is uh, um, had that is an, on a floating rate debt and that is struggling with like the cash flows because the, the, the rates are floated up to like really high numbers. And someone that bought a deal maybe when the rates were like 2%, right? A floating rate debt without a cap. You know, there's now sitting at a rate of about six to 7%. So that definitely changes the numbers on that deal. So somebody like that might be motivated to exit at this point in time, and you might be able to get the deal at a good at a good price. But um, just because there's so much liquidity and so much capital chasing deals right now, it's almost it's almost impossible to find a, an undervalued deal right now in, in this current market. Gosh, that's a fact. Like I said, that's what uh, has driven me uh, towards development. Um, so, so I totally get that. So, you know, what, when you're looking at a deal now, then what, what are some things you're looking at that, that, uh, you know, will catch your eye? Obviously you mentioned hard to find undervalue. So what is it that you look at now that, um, you know, you're willing to take down? So we, we, we maintain our same standard. Um, our number one priority is usually our investors. We put our investors first to see um, what kind of returns or what kind of um, safety measures are in place for them on the deal. Um, so we have our return metrics that we seek for our investors. If the deal is able to meet those return metrics with enough cushion with our conservative underwriting, we take it down. Needless to say, 99% um, of the deals are not even coming close right now. Um, but we're looking. We're looking, we're looking in other markets. Um, we're looking around the area. So um, I'm spreading our wings a little bit and um, we're looking, we know it takes, it's gonna take a whole lot more work to find a deal that makes sense. But 
Uh, we've never been shy to put in the work. So um, we're just going to keep grinding and it was going to come. We know that for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Like we mentioned in the beginning, right? This is going to be the time when when that sort of, you know, nose to the grindstone, um, really, you know, being lean and nimble is going to be the most important. And, you know, I think we're going to kind of shave off the, the excess. Um, you know, I think a lot of people have been able to kind of trip and and 2x their 2x their deals right just just yeah. based on, on <laughs> I agree. not to say they're bad operators by any means right but but certainly there's you know we've had a nice bull market and and that's certainly starting to shift um and, and so you mentioned that you're starting to look in other markets um and you're kind of the analysis guy but you studied nursing so what was it about analysis and numbers and all of that stuff that stuck out to you that that really got you wanting to to you know focus your efforts there so i've i've always been an analytical person uh, actually my my initial major when i moved to the u.s was computer science um but that was that was in 2000 and i and that was when the dot-com crash happened so, <laughs> so uh, you just life, love you just love catching things right as the crashes huh yeah, my life in the u.s has been significantly influenced by crashes i think this is the first uh, uh crash that i feel like i'm ready for what's to come <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah so i was studying computer science that crash happened and i, I was like man you know i can't go to school and not end, uh, end up not having a job so i, I switched majors um, but I've always been an analytical person, and uh, my, my career in anesthesia, it involves a lot of analysis, right? In anesthesia, we spend a lot of time analyzing, coming up with all kinds of scenarios that might go wrong when a patient comes in for surgery. We map out everything that might go wrong so that nothing goes wrong, you know? So it's that same kind of... Um, so when I, when I discover multifamily investing... The whole aspect of looking at numbers, looking at data and coming up with a story that just connected with me like that. That was like music to my ears, you know, um, being able to look at a T12 over the years and be able to pick park and, and figure out, OK, this is something was wrong here. What's going on here? And figure out and they identify areas where you could move things around and, and make some kind of gains, you know, that just fascinated me. So I love that part. And uh my partner, my initial partner, Tenny, was like, I don't even want to do anything with the numbers. So we had no choice. Somebody had to do the numbers. So it ended up being me. And I loved it so much and um, and just went along with that journey. So, um, um, but the, the, the other downside to the career, the analysis in the career that kind of transferred over to real estate is in, in healthcare, you analyze to uh, everything that could go wrong so that something doesn't go wrong. And initially, when I transitioned, I um, found myself always looking for reasons why the deal is not working, you know, instead of finding where the opportunities are. So it took a little bit of a mindset shift for me to be able to, to recognize, become aware of that um, mode of thinking and, and focus more on being just objective instead of looking at the fault and everything. So um, so it, it's been a lot of growth. It's been a lot of growth. So uh, that's, that's, that's why I'm enjoying it so much. I love it. That's so awesome. Uh, what a great perspective. And, uh, you know, obviously in, in one aspect, right, nursing, you still have to have that, that mm -hmm. perspective. And then, um, you know, in, like you mentioned, you know, more of a object, objective view on the other side. So with that, was there any one moment or any one deal where you kind of the light bulb went off and you're like, okay, I'm, I'm looking at this wrong? Or was it just kind of a 
kind of happened over time as you were analyzing more and more deals? It, it kind of happened over time as we were analyzing more and more deals because a lot of times, okay, you, you know, when you start analyzing these deals, you got to dig, dig, dig before the deal makes sense. So uh, we analyze deals, analyze deals, nothing is penciling, nothing is penciling. Then finally a deal pencils. That's an off-market deal that we have. And I'm like, wait, wait, something is wrong here. Where's the, where's the fault? Where's the fault? So I got to call my partners, Dr. Julius Oni and Tony Tolofari. I'm like, guys, listen, I, I think something is wrong with this deal. You know, I think I'm missing something here because this deal is penciling. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're like, uh, yeah, Leslie, that's what we want. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, you know, and uh, finally, uh, my partners, Dr. Oni and Tony were like, listen, the numbers work, man. You the number, you said, Numbers don't lie, so numbers are not lying. Relax, you know. So, and um, and um, so it it helps to have um to have other members of the team that um that see things from a different perspective than you do. And uh, my my partners are like hard charging, go getters kind of guys, you know. While I can be like the sit back um analytic kind of guy in the background, so I'm really grateful for those guys. You know, I'm really grateful that I, I get to go on this journey with them. Awesome. I love that so much. That's uh, that's a great story and uh, why it's so important to have uh, complementary partners, right? Yeah. That, um, you know, you all bring a certain skill set to the to the table that's required in order to be effective and grow. Um, so kind of along those lines, you know, what, you know, what does the future hold for you guys? What are, you know, do you have a, a specific acquisition goal this year or, you know, what, what kind of goals have you set for yourselves? Yeah, so um, our goals are usually uh, uh, big and audacious, and we set uh, big audacious goals that push us to grow. Uh, because uh, I, I believe is that the purpose of a goal is to um, grow to become the person that is capable of achieving that goal. So that's how we set our goals. And for this year, we set out a goal to close on four deals, um, like about $100 million worth of deals. We've closed one deal so far, so we got three to go. Um, so we got to keep grinding on this um, in this challenging market and push forward to. So we got three more deals to close before the end of the year. We've got plenty of time, uh, at least for now. But yeah. uh, man, so uh, about how many deals are, are you guys analyzing before, you know, one, one pencils for you right now? Um, last year, we were analyzing about about uh, we analyzed about reviewed about 100 deals. No worries. <laughs> So uh, we're analyzing about, we're reviewing about a hundred deals then uh, on the road about 60, then um, having like three or four penciling. Right now it's, we've gone over about, um, since this quarter started, we've gone over about 120 deals that we've reviewed. Um, yeah, and nothing is penciling, we've been coming close. Um, we actually had one deal where we're best and final on, but um, lost it to an all cash offer. Go figure, so. What? Yeah. For how so, much? What? How? What was the asking price? What about? Do you think they paid in cash? Thirty-three million dollars. What? Yes. So that's the challenge now. There's a lot of liquid cash from smart money that is buying, scooping up these deals. Um, yeah. Is that an so, institution, probably? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, because everybody, there's a lot of liquidity chasing yield, and multifamily is still um, giving some yield. So, um, yeah. But so it's more challenging now, but the, the grateful thing is we've grown, our team has grown, our acquisition team has grown. So we have more people now reviewing a bunch of deals like that machine going through and filtering through deals that might make sense. So 
Uh, we are very confident that we're going to have something soon that that pencil. So um, we'll just keep digging. Yeah, I mean, that's all you can do, right, is keep plugging along. By no means do you want to step out on the sidelines right now. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I know we brought this up, but this is that time where we're really going to see who, you know, who can weather the storm. Yes. And, you know, certainly deal flow. Well, I guess deal flow is not slowing, but, you know, the the deals that make sense are slowing. But, um, you know, I was, I was talking to someone earlier and, uh, you know, at some point there's going to be some distressed assets on the market. And that's when, you know, operators like yourselves who are, are nimble and lean can really start to capitalize because it's going to be a short window, right? Yes. Because there's going to be plenty of operators who can jump on them and then, you know, yeah. So, yeah. So, so what, um, uh, what predictions do you have? Any, any predictions for us? Pull out your fuzzy crystal ball. Uh, the sun is going to shine tomorrow. <laughs> 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 no, no, you know, I, I, but the prediction I'm going to make is, uh, no matter what happens, America is going to continue to grow. Um, you know, in, 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 in difficult times like this, and I've been guilty of this, it's very easy to see the darkness and very easy to see um, what's going wrong or, and focus more on that. But uh, one thing I've learned over the past few years is like human ingenuity um, always, uh, always wins, right? We always find a way to, to get better. Like these transitionary periods have always happened in history. So no matter how bad it gets, right, this, it's going to get better on the other side. So um, if there's anybody that's listening to this, this might be the moment for you to get yourself ready, to prepare yourself. If you're not yet educated, get, use this to get that education and go in with the greatest optimism that things are going to get better because that's one prediction that I can make. It might take, I don't know how long it's going to take, but it's going to be better on the other side for sure. Gosh, I love that uh, mindset so much. It's so true, right? And and all this is, is a cycle and we go exactly. in cycles and history shows us and there's nothing to be scared of, you know, I mean, we're not going to see 08, uh, at least in the housing market, at least yeah. in my humble opinion, not that I'm some expert by any means, but even the experts are saying that, um, you know, we're not going to see as detrimental as 08. So. Yes. So uh, again, you know, uh, and like a lot of this crisis are when some of the greatest riches are made. And um, uh, one thing I've learned by studying some people that have been successful during these times is uh, the difference between them and the rest of the world is um, that they train their minds to see the opportunities and to always look at, look forward and say, it's going to get better, you know, because we can all get caught up in the sensationalism and by looking at the news and, oh, the Dow is down, this is down, this person is losing this, crypto lost the money, this person real estate, you know, and you feel like you're in a, you're in a bubble of, uh, of nothing going well at all. So, but, um, so it's just about maintaining a, a, a positive perspective and realize that, you know, we all, as, as a human race, we always find a way to get better. So, um, and I think we're going to find a way to get even better after this. Couldn't agree more. I love that so much. It's, uh, you know, what, as cliche as it is, what, what doesn't kill you only makes you stronger. And this is going <laughs> to be, you know, I wasn't set up in 08. Um, you know, I'm a little bit younger in 08. I was graduating high school. So it, it didn't really affect me, right? I, I didn't really understand it. Certainly a few years later, I was starting to, that's when I was starting to under, understand real estate as an investment, but I still missed out, right? I, I didn't invest in anything. And so now, you know, potentially we'll have that opportunity. Who knows? Maybe everything will correct itself in three months and 
we all we're all sound crazy <laughs> but you know um that's kind of how it goes but um as we wind down here i want to give you a chance uh, we mentioned in the intro that you have uh an awesome meetup um that's growing there so talk to us about that yeah absolutely um uh, one of our core missions is again is to preach the gospel of multifamily investing so we have a, an educational platform uh, where we invite each and every person that's looking to learn more on how means that they could grow themselves and grow their wealth join us every first monday of the month uh the name of our meetup is the exciting wall of multifamily investing again it's the exciting wall of multifamily investing we are available on zoom and um, we always post on linkedin you can also go on our website to find out more information, which is uh, www.x as in xylophone, s as in sam, ite, capital.com. That's xicapital.com. Um, we look forward to interfacing with you. Um, again, you can connect with any one of us. Um, we love talking to people, learning about you and your journey. So come be part of the community. Let's, let's continue to grow together. Awesome. I love that so much. Cool. Well, that takes us right into uh, the final five, my last five questions for all of my guests. First question, uh, what's the best advice you've gotten from a mentor? Um, the best advice I've gotten is um, take action. And take action. Um, I, I was stuck in analysis paralysis. And um, a mentor said, just go take action. I don't care whatever you're doing. Just go do something. Do it. And I don't want to hear any analysis. And and the more action I took, the more I realized that um, my analysis was not as, as right as I thought it was. So. <laughs> oh, and now my analysis was reigned by more fear than actual true analysis. So, yeah. 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 Fear will uh, definitely hold you back for sure. So that, yeah. Um, yeah, mindset shift is probably the biggest thing that I, uh, that I hear for sure. Uh, what is it about your career uh, that makes you feel like you're fulfilling your why? Um, well, I, I, you know, Jonathan, I get to wake up every day and talk to people. Um, when I, when I'm referring to a career, I'm talking about my career as a multifamily investor now, um, I get to wake up every day and talk to people and, um, and educate them on something that they never heard about and, and create opportunities for, uh, for collaboration, for people to work together, to provide a tremendous amount of value to society. And um, to see to to have that ability to help somebody grow their world or to help somebody grow their minds to a level where they could see more possibility for themselves, you know, for me it's like I'm living my purpose. Um, like I mentioned to you in the beginning of this show, I'm a growth-minded person. Um, I love to work with other people that are seeking to grow. I love to be able to contribute to the growth of somebody else, and I get to do that every day in, in Excite Capital. So um, I can't think of anything better that I, I would I would enjoy doing. So um, I do feel like to um, Excite Capital, I'm living my purpose. I love that so much. I can just hear how passionate you are. It's so contagious. I love it. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Favorite non real estate or investment related book. Um, I'll have to say a uh, code of the extraordinary mind by Vishen Lakiani. Okay. You said code of the extraordinary mind. Yes. Fascinating. Okay. Yeah. They just break down. It gives you a huge mindset shift. You know, uh, it makes you understand that, um, uh, uh, what you think is reality, um, uh, is just, uh, it's just, um, uh, a, a, a bunch is just what has been given to you you know, that there can be more out there if you if you open your mind up more to, to, to see more. And there are certain examples over there that gave me like a huge mindset shift. The power of words, 
you know, the power of our thoughts, the power of, of, of our actions and how that influence, the power of our, of our culture scape, like the environment that we grow in on, on how we become the people that we are. And um, once you start challenging some of those stories and once you start questioning some of those things, like it's like a whole new world opens up in front of you. And that book had a huge influence on me. Awesome. I love that. That's great. Uh, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? Ah, jeez, man, that's tempting. <laughs> Maybe a superpower to find a good deal in this market. <laughs> yeah, some foresight. I, I would take that superpower right now, you know. <laughs> I know it's so hard when you're just so anxious to do deals. You know, you have so much energy and the market's just like, yeah, you got to wait though. And you're like, no. I know, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, you kind of talked about the, uh, the meetup group, but, uh, what's the best way for people to go to hold view and learn more? Yeah. The best way to get a hold of me or any one of my partners is through our website. Um, like I mentioned, www.excitecapital.com, um, right on our website. Um, we have a sign up for you to sign up, to join, um, be part of our community. We also have our contact information over there. You can reach out to any one of us. Uh, we love hearing from um, other people that are seeking to grow as well. So um, um, reach out to us. Um, we're here and we look forward to um, to meeting more people and um, growing together. Absolutely. We will um, link that website in the show notes. Leslie, I cannot thank you enough. I know it's late over there. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your uh, insight and your passion. Jonathan, thank you so much for having me. It has been an amazing conversation and um and I uh, wish you all the best with everything you're doing. Keep me updated on the development stuff. Absolutely. Likewise. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Listen, guys, I know it's cliche, but please don't forget to like, subscribe. Please leave a review. Would love to know what you guys think of the episodes. And while you're here still listening, don't forget to go to investwithkatani.com and download my free ebook, Is Commercial Real Estate Recession Proof? Thanks so much.